today. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm just uh, so, are you stirred up? You need to stir yourself about God's Word, I tell you. You know, you can get bored with anything. You can. Uh, evidently, Satan got bored and dissatisfied. Lucifer in his glorified state. And you have to stay stirred up. Stay stirred up about the Word. The Word is what's going to put you over. The Word is, what's, is what puts me over. The Word is what builds faith in my heart. The Word is what gives me light and instruction. The Word protects me from the deception that's in the world today. Amen? You know, Paul said, in the last days, the Spirit says expressly, explicitly, that some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines, teachings of demons. Think about that. People who were committed Christians, church-going Christians, spirit-filled Christians, dedicated Christians, depart from the faith because they began to entertain and believe a lie, a, a teaching actually taught by the devil, inspired by, you know, there's teachings that are inspired by demons. Where do we get exposed to these things? In the church. I'm not, I'm not getting my doctrine from Oprah. I, I hope you're not. The deception is in the church where Satan is. And so we have to, it's the Word that protects us from that. Amen. You know, Brother Hagin used to say that Christians are so gullible. They're just like little baby birds. You ever see them in the nest and mama comes along with a big juicy worm? And they just cock their head back, right? And they just open their mouth wide and they're ready to receive anything mom wants to stuff. Whether it's a cricket or a worm or a grub, whatever. You know, they're just ready to receive it. Don't be like that as a Christian. Don't treat me like that. I'm doing my best. But you need to pray for me, but you need to hold me accountable to the Word. How? By knowing the Word for yourself. If, if the only Word you receive is the Word coming right from me, then you're not getting enough Word. And I'm, I'm trying to do it right, but you know, I'm not God. I'm fallible. And so anyway, praise God. So we, we just have to stay stirred up about the Word. Amen. And so we're going to start here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's pray and release our faith. Father, we, I ask you, we all ask you to get involved with us today. No, no doubt these folks, these good folks, they didn't come. They didn't log on. They didn't come here uh, to hear the opinion of a man uh, or, or to receive from my quote-unquote charismatic personality. But no, Father, we need to hear from the living God. And so, Father... Use your spirits. Holy Spirit, have your way. And think through my mind and speak through my voice and illuminate uh, the scriptures to us today that will put us in a, in a right frame of mind and thought as we head into this new year. We thank you, Father, for the grace that will enable me to minister in that pastoral office and that, Father, that I'll minister with the ability that you give. But I also know the ministry, the outcome, the utterance is greatly affected by the, those here and those that are hearing, by their response, their faith, their intent, and all of that. And so, God, I pray that they'll do their part in responding, in being connected, and being believing. And God, thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So what I have in my heart to share with you today is uh, a message called, If I Were You in 2022. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 
Uh, I've been enjoying the titles the Lord's been giving me lately. Like on Wednesday night, we've been talking about no pain, no gain. And uh, praise God. So anyway, uh, if I were you in 2022, and these things, these will be the things that I uh, was quickened uh, from the Word. Amen. And uh, that you could uh, take to heart as we enter into this new year. In verse 5, 1 Corinthians 10, 5. Paul, writing again in his letter, he says, But with many of them, now he's talking about those, that first generation of Hebrews that came out of Egypt as slaves into the wilderness to follow God. And it says, And with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overcome in the wilderness. Now, I preached on this not too long ago, and uh, the Lord quickened me. I'm not pleased when my people are overcome. I just want to remind you of that. If we, do you want to please God? I want to please God. Well, if I'm overcome with worry, that doesn't please God. If I'm overcome by circumstances, that doesn't please God. If I'm overcome in sin, that doesn't please God. If I'm overcome with trials and pressures and I never get into the fullness of God's plan for my life, that doesn't please God. If I'm overcome by sickness and I don't lay hold of His promise for healing and health, then I don't please God in that. Doesn't mean God doesn't love us. Doesn't mean that God, you know, doesn't mean we're not going to heaven. You know, there's a difference. I love my children, but there are moments, they're rare, where I may not be pleased with them. Amen. And I want to please my Father. Amen. And so I have to know what it takes to not be overcome in the wilderness of life so I don't, number one, suffer being overcome. And number two, I don't displease my father. But it says right here that they were not, God was not happy. Why would God? Because he empowered them. He was there for them. They had everything they needed to conquer everything they faced. Amen. And to get into that promised land that God had, was endeavoring to get them over into. But they didn't make it. The lion's share of that first generation, they did not make it. And they were overcome and that did not please God. Amen. In 2022, go after, continue to reach for all that God has. Reach for God's best. Don't take no for an answer. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, being arrogant towards God. I'm talking about seeing in the Word what's promised. Seeing in the Word what's been made available. And then, as it relates to the devil and yourself, I will not be denied this. This belongs to me. Amen. Having a calm, well-balanced, disciplined mind that's not overcome with a spirit of fear, that belongs to you and me. Amen. Prospering in life. Having God's divine help on the road of life, that belongs to you and me, according to 3 John 2 and many other scriptures. Amen. Sin shall not reign in my mortal body, according to Romans chapter 6. Well, therefore, bless God, I'm going to live that out. I'm not going to let sin reign in my mortal body. Amen. I'm going to have all that God said I could have. How about you? Amen. Amen. Well, let's keep reading. Praise God. And it says in verse 6, Now these things were our examples. So is what happened to them irrelevant for us? No. What happened to them is very relevant for us. What did he say? Now the thing, these things, the things that happened to them were for our example, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. 
Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day 23,000 souls. They died because of judgment that came because they wouldn't do right sexually. People don't think it's serious today, and we're living in a day of mercy and grace, and people think they can get away with it. But you won't be. None of us will. Anyway, verse 9, Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur, that means complain. Now you could preach on that. <clears throat> Don't complain, as some were destroyed by the destroyer. That's a reference to the devil. Now look at verse 11. Now all these things happened unto them for in samples or examples. And they are written for our admonition. Why is Exodus written? For our admonition. Why is Chronicles there? Why is all that Chronicle? For our learning. For our lesson. And they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, I'm doing really good. I'm, really, I'm doing really good. What does that last scripture I read tell you your attitude should be? that, And you might be right to think that. You, you may be doing really good in your Christian walk. But what did he say? For those that think they are got it together, take heed, take heed, lest you fall. So who's this message for? The people who don't have it together, and especially, I said especially, for the people who think they have it together. Which is probably most of us, right? If we're honest. Let me read just verse 11 from the Amplified Translation. It says, Now these things befell them by way of a figure, as an example and a warning to us. They were written to admonish us, and I like this, and fit us for right action, for good instruction. We in, the, in whose days, this is important, in whose days the ages have reached their climax. Their, con their consummation and their concluding period. See, that's where we are. Every moment of time that goes by, this becomes more true. He's writing this message, and he told us about the, some of the failings of that first generation. And he points out twice that these things are not irrelevant for you, but they are examples, and they are warnings, and if you'll take heed to them, it will fit you for right action upon whom this is you, the end of the age has come. The consummation and the concluding period of the end of the age, the climax of end time events, well, who qualifies for this more than us? Amen. And uh, so a phrase from the New Living Translation, the New Living says, they were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. So yeah, Paul wrote this for the Corinthians, but prophetically, it becomes more and more relevant to the current generation living at the time of the end, which is you and me. Are you with me? Hallelujah. The message translation I like, it says, These are all warning markers, danger, 
in our history books, written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel. They at the beginning, we at the end. And we are just as capable of messing it up as they were. Isn't that good? So he's saying, what's he saying? These things I've pointed out to you, these things that happened in the beginning of God's dealing with the Hebrews, they apply to the beginning of God's people, the end of God's people at the end of the age. All right. Amen. And, uh, you know, just to highlight, that's not my message totally, but uh, look at some of those things that caused them to fall. If you know anything about them, what did the Spirit of God through Paul seem to highlight? Well, they lusted after evil things. Listen, as you march on in these last days, you better guard your heart. That you don't lust after things. What's that mean? The word lust is just overblown. Just, you know, it's, it's, we just get this idea of some sex-crazed person. The word lust means unbridled, unhealthy desire. Yeah. Amen. And we can desire wrong things just like they desired wrong thing. And the end would be we get overthrown. We don't end up in our promised land. We need to desire godly things. How is your desire for the Word? How is your desire for prayer? How is your desire for the local church? How is your desire for Christian service? Because if those aren't burning desires in your heart, they have been replaced with some other desire. What kind? Only you could tell. But if it's taking you away from the most important things in life, then it would be an evil desire. All right, I got, I got a couple ameners in the front and one in the back willing to tell the truth. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Notice what else it says, neither be ye idolaters. Ah, no, nah, that could never be me. It's a lot of folks. It's a lot of folks. Remember the message translation? We are just as capable as messing the plan of God up as they were. Don't you read some of those accounts and you go, How? How do, they, how do they keep griping? How do they keep missing this? Why do, you know, and they had the Shekinah glory of God shine in there. They had God manifest in their presence right in the camp. Well, I know we can look back at them and go, how do I would never do that, and then go out and be a big idolater all day. And have wrong desires all day. Yeah, amen. Anything, any person, any activity that has the number one spot in your mind, heart, life, and priorities is an idol. Whether it's entertainment. You may not have a little trinket in your closet that you get on your knees and worship, but a lot of people worship their kids. They worship their marriage. They worship their career. They worship their boat or their golf game or whatever. And God's not in in that spot. And whatever whoever is... A lot of people, they put their foot down in, in holy, what they think is holy, righteous indignation, say nothing comes before my kids. Nothing. What's that make you? Big idolater. Preaching good. Our kids are important. There's only one that can be first. Only one. If I were you in 2022, I'd put God first. I get God. Now, with God being first, He's not going to consume everything in your life. He, your wife, your, your spouse, your family, they're a gift from God. Children are a gift from God. 
They're not out to rob your life, but they can't be first. God will just pour on material blessings. Pour them on, but they can't be first. You can have vacation home, and, and you can have this, and you can have that, but you better be in church on Sunday on a consistent basis. You better be serving God. You better have a pastor. You better have a job in church. You better be doing something to advance the kingdom. So that's a lot of, if I were you in 2022, don't be an idolater. How about, uh, you know, the, the, you could see our culture, the deeper we go in these last days, the more perverse and sexualized everything is. Yeah. Amen? Well, we need to guard ourselves from be, committing sexual sin. Well, I, I don't do that. Well, what about inside your brain? What about what's going on inside your mind? Because Jesus said, you know, under the law, you had to commit the act to be guilty of adultery. But over here in the New Testament, all you got to do is look at a woman to lust after her, and you've done it. You've done it in the mind of God. So we have to not just judge our outward behavior, behavior sexually, but we have to guard our inner space. You know, God sees all that too. Yeah, I think it was Richard Sigmund, he wrote that book uh, about his experience of, he was dead for nine hours in a very catastrophic uh, uh, single van. He was in a van and died, and it was, on earth time it was nine hours. And, uh, but anyway, when he got back, one of the things, he was in this building in heaven as they were showing him around, and these angels were furiously making notes, and they, I think he was in the library. And uh, the angels were writing down not the words and deeds of man, but the thoughts. And one of the angels said, he goes, what are you doing? What are you writing down? He said, here in heaven, the thoughts of man, the silent, unspoken thoughts of man, scream louder in our ears than their words do down on earth. That's a scary thought for a lot of folks, right? Praise God. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. That we can... Through repentance and forgiveness of sin. Well, verse 9 says, let us not tempt Christ. Amen? I, I, you know, there's an infinite amount of ways where you might be able to do that. He keeps dealing with you. You just keep shunning Him. He keeps talking to you. And you just keep ignoring His dealings with you. Well, you're tempting Him. Because you still want Him to bless you and take care of you and keep you from COVID and pay your bills and all this stuff. But you don't respond to His dealings. And in His mercy, He does protect for a good amount of time. But if you just tempt Christ and keep persisting in sin, eventually, bad, just like what happened to them, He was merciful, He forgave them, He gave them chance after chance after chance, but they just persisted. They wouldn't get it turned around. They would not believe God. And then finally He heard them say, We can't do it, we're not going in. Uh, it would have better if we just died out here. And He goes, That's exactly what I'm going to give you. And then when they cried again and tried to talk him out of it, they said, he said, no, you're going to die. All of you 20 years and older, you're going to die right here in the sand. See, those are examples for us that we need to follow. Amen? All right, praise God. Well, I know you're just having a really good time. Amen? Let me just quote something to you for time's sake, but you could write down the reference if you want in Titus. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 14 uh, the Bible says this, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live, how should we live? Soberly, that means seriously, thinkingly, righteously and godly in the 
present age. Amen. Judge yourself. Are you living seriously about the times? Are you living in a righteous manner? Are you living in a godly manner? Then he goes on and says, Looking for the blessed hope, that means the rapture of the church, and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Are you living every day looking and expecting and longing for His return? Amen. See, how you think about the end is going to affect how you live in the present. Who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for Himself His own special people, zealous for good works. Amen. Okay, let me, let me rapid fire a few of these things to you that the Lord put on my heart. If I were you in 2022, I would locate the will of God and I'd get in it. I would locate the perfect will of God for your life and I would do whatever I had to do to get in it. Amen. You know, you're either in the will of God or you're out of the will of God. And if you're out of the will of God, you are exposed to the tactics and attacks and the schemes of the devil and you are more vulnerable to just the natural things that happen in a fallen world like this one. If you want to be protected, if you want to be preserved, if you want to experience God's best, amen, then you have to give God your best. A lot of people are attempting to claim God's highest and best blessings, but they won't give God their highest and best effort. And God don't play like that. Amen. I want, like we were talking about last week, God's best in my life. I understand my part is to give Him, amen, His best, my best. You know, when Jesus was on the earth as God, but He's living as a man, uh, but He was able to say, Satan has no part in me. He has no lot, He has no part in me. And it's because of the way Jesus lived as a man that when He found Himself in the midst of hostile crowds, like when at his own hometown of Nazareth, after he proclaimed himself the Messiah, rightly so, they attempted to throw him off the brow, the hill, the cliff. The Bible says he passed right through the midst of them. How did that happen? He was protected by the power of God. The angels either showed up and they all parted ways and let him pass, or who knows, he just became transparent, walked right through the midst of them. But he ever just read, you just read it so plainly. He just, wait, wait, stop, stop. They had stones. There's a crowd. There's a lot more of them than him. They're right there by the cliff. How did he get away? He got away because they could not touch him. They could not harm him. Not because he was Jesus, but because he lived perfectly. He lived his, he was in the will of God. He was pursuing the plan of God. Well, I just can't accept that. That has to be Jesus. Paul lived that way. Think of what all they tried to do to Paul. They stoned him. They left him for dead. They conspired against him. They threw him out in, the, in Ephesus with the, in the sport. with all. Maybe he, he had to face lions by himself. And what did he tell Timothy? The Lord delivered me. He delivered me from the mouth of the lion. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, you say, well, listen, they took his head from him at the end of his life. Yeah, the end of his race. At the end of him accomplishing the will of God, he laid his neck on the thing and said, Give me what I want. Praise God, I'm going to heaven to receive a crown of righteousness. Amen. Amen. They tried to remember his shipwreck night and day. They, you know, they, all of that. But the angel showed up. He was delivered. Not one person on that shipwreck lost their life 
Because they were connected to him. Why? Because he was in the will of God and he was going somewhere. Yeah. Amen? It's a dangerous world out there. And the safest place for you to be is not in the bunker that you built. The safest place that you could be is right smack dab in the middle of God's will. Amen. Brother Ken Berger here is one of several that we've had in our church family that has served in our military, retired. And thank you again, sir, and your family for your service and your sacrifice. And I remember I, was, I had the privilege of being his pastor over their family during several of their deployments. And one of the deployments, uh, I recall, I don't remember the specifics, we were still at Jackson Street, and uh, he was going to be in the mix. It was going to be, you know, there were going to be bullets flying overhead. There were going to be, there, it's a war zone. And I, I just was moved upon in my heart to say to him as I prayed over him and his family before he left, I said, listen, you are safer over there in a foxhole with mortars going off around you than some guys are walking around the streets of Paducah in the will of God while they're out of the will of God. I did the funeral of a young man one time. What did he do? How did he die? He stepped off his back porch wrong and caught the back of his head on a concrete step. We did his funeral. And who knows how many times this guy's been in the fray. He's still here. Amen. See, I'm just telling you, the blessed place, the safe place, is in the will of God for your life. Now, there's two places you go to find the will of God for your life. Number one is the written word of God. Don't be waiting for some big enigma or sign or voice. Get in the Word. You know, having a pastor, that's the will of God. Amen. Being rightly connected in a local church, that's the will of God. Putting the Word, all of the different things, those, that's the will of God. Start with where we all start, with the Word of God, and just be a doer of the Word of God. And then as you pray and seek God, the Spirit of God, that's the second place you'll look, is the Holy Ghost inside you. He's going to give you desires. He's going to talk to you. He's going to, he's going to lead you. And, and you're going to be led by Him every day. And you need to be doing that so that you can walk in the perfect will of God for your life. If I were you in 2022, that's what I would do. Amen. You know, when you stray from God's plan, you stray from grace. You stray from provision. You stray from healing and health. And you stray from long life. Long life is connected to God's plan. I said long life is connected to God's plan. A lot of people mistakenly believe long life, how long you live, is just up to God's will. But that's not true. Long life is connected to His plan. You think of David. David lived a long life. He grew to be an old man. Think about all the dangerous situations <laughs> he faced. Amen. Daniel lived to be an old man. Amen. They threw him in a den of lions. He served under three different pagan administrations, and most of the time when a new uh, administration comes in, they, these people, we're not talking about votes and peaceful transfers of power. We're talking about wars and new kings coming in. And what do they typically do with the leaders of the conquered ones? Off with your head. You're out of here. But they kept Daniel. Daniel was in the will of God for his life. Are you in the will of God for your life? So if you are not, that's what I would do. The second thing 
uh, praise God. If I were you in 2022, I would deepen my roots in the soil of the local church. I would deepen my roots in the soil of the local church. Write this down. Matthew 16, 18. Jesus said, I, upon this rock, upon this revelation that I am the anointed one, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There is one entity on the earth, and I know it's not this building or any church building, but the people of God, the assembly of God. Amen. Where we're fitly joined together. That's what Jesus is building. And you have a, you have a specific place in the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18 says, God has set everyone now in the body as it has pleased Him. And so you need to find out if this is not the place. Visitors, listen, find out if I'm not it, if I'm not your cup of tea, if I'm not what the Spirit of God is saying, then go find your flavor and find your pastor and find where you fit and get in that slot and bring your supply. Amen. Because it's the church. Amen. Glory to God that the gates of hell won't be able to... That's the wall you need to hide behind. I'm not going here either, but Psalm 92, verse 12 through 14. You might want to write that down. We go over this passage of Scripture in virtually every new member's class we have. It says in verse 12, Psalm 92, 12, The righteous shall flourish. Anybody want to flourish in 2022? The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. Everybody I know wants to flourish, but not everybody I know wants to be planted. Everybody wants, it's like I said Wednesday night, everybody wants the results of change without paying the price of change. We all want Brother Marty's body without Brother Marty's routine. It's just, that's just, it's not going to happen. If you want the fruit of change, guess what? You've got to pay the price of actually changing. Amen. I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning. You're here. But, you know, people, because of, they've used all kinds of excuses, the, the favorite excuse the last two years has been COVID, uh, to, to abandon the church, to abandon the assembly, to abandon their responsibility. That's not going to fly in the eyes of heaven. Amen. You have a place. You need to be planted in that place. It is the flourishing place. Amen. Come hell or high water, I'm coming to church. Amen. And I'm going to do what God tells me to do in my church. Amen. It goes on in verse 14, says, They, the ones that are planted, they'll bear fruit even in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, it's up to you. The third thing I would do if I were you in 2022 is I would busy myself this year with the renewing of my mind and making changes. None of us have arrived at Christ-like perfection. The Spirit of God is dealing with all of us about a short list of something. Attitudes, habits, behaviors, sins, wrong thinking. Amen. Wrong and, thought and small thinking is one of the biggest limiters of what God can do in a person's life. Amen. The Bible says you, uh, you are what you think. 
As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen? And God has given us His Word so that we can know how He thinks. And it's up to us to reprogram our mind, to, to, to delete all of those worldly files, and to get an upgrade, to get a download from heaven. You know what that book says? Is right, is right. I don't care about science. They've corrupted science. I don't know that science was ever pure. It's always had political. But today, science is corrupt. And the Word has and always will be right. You know, the predominant thought on the earth at one point was that the earth was flat. Y'all remember that? And they'd mock you, ridicule you, do things to you if you thought and said anything different. But you know, the Bible said, long before those scientists ever espouse their little opinion, right. in Job, the oldest book in the Bible, talks about the earth has a, is a sphere, has a north and a south, and a, has an epicenter. I'm not against science, but true science backs up the Bible. Every social agenda and experiment that the society wants to spew out of hell on us, if it doesn't match the Bible, it's not right. There's two genders. There's two genders. You're either a he or you're a she. And there ain't no he, she, she, he. There ain't none. You're not a he in the morning and a she in the afternoon. You're a he or you're a she. There's only one vein of sexual expression that God blesses. And it's the intimate sexual expression between a married man with a married woman. All other sexual expression or form of relationship is sinful. Oh, you're, that's that antiquated. No, we're progressive. No, you're regressive. You're not making things better. Anyway, that's not my sermon either. But see, amen, people don't think right. And Christians don't think right. And I've got areas in my life that I don't think quite right. Amen? So what I would do, what I'm going to do is I'm going to busy myself. What am I going to be busy with this year? I'm going to busy myself going about the personal process of renewing my mind with God's Word. I'm going to read it and I'm going to accept it because I'm convinced that book came from God. It's supernatural. If it says something is right, true, and good, then it's right, true, and God. I don't care what the church says about it. I don't care what mama said about it. I don't care what the nightly news says about it. I don't care how many friends I lose over it. I don't care how, many, how people I don't have added to my church over it. My job's not to fill every gray seat here. That's not my job. My job is to feed the people who are here. That's my job. And that's what I'm doing. I'm just going to feed the people that come. And God's going to take care of me. So if I were you, that's what I would do in 2022. Amen. I'm almost done. Another thing that I would do if I were you is I'd work on developing my faith every day. 
I'd work on developing my faith every day. What area or major sphere of life out there is not totally, bless you, totally inept, corrupt, and failing? How about government? Oh, let's not go there. How about medical? Total mess. Total mess. Treatments that are supposed to help you are killing people. Don't take anything unless the Holy Ghost gives you permission. If you don't check here, I'm, I'm telling you, the hospital is about the most dangerous place you could be right now, in my opinion. Now, go there if you need to go there, but listen, apart from if you're not going to go medical, what are you going to do? Have faith. You, better, you should be developing your faith. What does God say about sickness and disease? What God, what, you better get something in the bookstore. Amen. And feed your faith on healing and health and the promise of God and the provision of God. Now again, I'm not against it. If I felt like I needed to go, I'd go. I'd go today. Yeah. Amen. But I'm checking here. Yeah. You're not sticking anything up my nose. You're not cutting me open. You're not doing anything to me unless the Holy Ghost tells me it's all right. right. Can you look to the Holy Ghost for that kind of information? Amen. Where you been? He's your helper. Yeah. Absolutely. So, amen, as you're renewing your mind, you're also going to build your faith. Feed your faith. Listen to teaching and preachers that build you up, that encourage you, that make you strong. Amen. Hear about messages about prosperity and divine protection and the angels and how to speak right, how to declare and decree, how to believe with your heart that you receive the promise of God, and, and learn how to stand there in the face of adversity and circumstances that says it's not working until it comes to pass. Amen? This is a faith church. Amen. Praise God. And uh, amen. Some of you were at Jackson Street, you heard me say, if you're not, if you can't fill your gas tank, amen, by faith, you're behind. If you can't fill your, your cupboard and feed your kids by faith, then you're behind. Well, we're way behind now, but see, God will catch us up. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, so I'm trying to get to the end here, but praise God. If I were you in 2022, I'd be building my faith. Amen. Sometimes I'll leave the gym. I had the Lord go, tell me, uh, going from the, parking lot, from the gym to the parking lot, He goes, I'm with you in this, just stay at it. Amen. You know, sometimes you think, you know, maybe I, I could be praying or whatever. Right. But He said, I'm with you in this, just keep at it. But then He also said, but don't give me, don't give the gym more than you would give me in your prayer life. You're like, oh, you're really to get after it. But how about doing that? The Bible says we're supposed to exercise ourselves toward godliness. Some of you need to go home with your Bible going, mm, I'm going to read another chapter. Oh, just one more chapter. Oh, I'm going to pray 20 more minutes. Oh. Some of those guys in there, they're grunting, man. They're giving it all. They're giving it their all. But there, ain't, there needs to be more spiritual grunting. Um, I am going to that special meeting. I know it's a Thursday night, but I'm going. Get stronger. You're going to need your faith in 2022 and beyond. All right, can you handle two quick more? All right, well, I don't know, was it number five? 
Number five, if I were you in 2022, I would live my life be being filled with the Spirit of God. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, be being filled with His Spirit. Amen. You know, Jesus faced the wilderness full. His conquest with the devil. He's going to have that moment where, you know, the devil attacked Adam and Eve in the garden and man failed. He, now, Jesus, as man's representative, is going to have his garden moment in the wilderness among the trees. And he's going to have to succeed in that 40-day conquest where Adam failed. And the Bible says that he entered, he was led by the Spirit and he went in full of the Spirit. You need to face the enemies you're going to face in 2022 full of of the Spirit. Amen. We say, well, Pastor, I, I, I was filled with the Spirit in uh, 1997. In my, well, that doesn't, that, you were filled with the Holy Ghost, but you might have been dry and crusty for the last 10 years. <laughs> you know, when I bought my tractor, right. it had all the grease points, had fresh grease in it. Right. But that doesn't mean it's got fresh grease in it today after 100 hours right. of use. That's right. I mean, is that right or not? Uh, come on. Moving parts, you change the oil. See, it's the same Holy Ghost, but you're not supposed to be living on the same oil you got when you got filled with the Spirit when you were five. There is to be, an, that, that verse means there is to be this ongoing, ever active, in, influx of the anointing of God and the power of God. And, and you just live full, full, full of the Holy Ghost. Just full of the Holy Ghost. Just picture an empty, you know, uh, a can and you just leave the hose on, leave it turned on. Amen. Praise God. Some of you uh, have never yet been filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the tongue-talking kind, about being filled with the Spirit. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't know that I'm going to do that with you today. Uh, praise God. But if you have questions about that, you need to go to the bookstore before you leave. Get my little book. Amen. About what it means to be Spirit-filled. Amen. I, I was raised denominational. I understand all those. I had all those questions. That's why I wrote that little book. But feed on that little book. Look at, meditate on those scriptures. And if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, between now and when I see you, amen, I'll put my hand on you and you'll be filled. Amen. amen. It's for every child of God. It's a gift for every child of God. And we need to faith. It's, it's not about being saved. You're already saved. Jesus didn't need, he didn't get in the river Jordan because he needed to be more righteous. But yet God came upon him in the person of the Holy Ghost. And he didn't say, what are you doing? I, I don't need that. Did he? He didn't go, I don't need that. I'm Jesus, don't you know? I don't need that. But he embraced the enduing of power from on high. And he climbed up out of the water. And the first thing he did was turn water into wine. And he started walking on water and healing the sick and working miracles. God wants you to walk on water over your circumstances in 2022, but you're going to have to do it full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Just, just live in communion with God. Live in that flow. Speak much in other tongues. Live full. Stay charged up. I just have a new, it's new to me, a new ATV vehicle or whatever, and I've never gone through a winter with one. And, and the lady said, I bought a charger. And she said, just leave. You don't drive it much in the wintertime. Just leave this little charger on there all winter long. That way when you go out there, guess what? You got some juice. And I would just leave the Holy Ghost hooked up. 
My, my thought was it won't hurt the battery. She said, no, just leave it on there. Amen. Well, just get, just get wired in. Amen. Anyway, praise God. But it would be wise for you to live a full life of, of the Spirit in 2022. Last one. Uh, and there could be many more, but these are just the things the Spirit of God highlighted to me, is that if I were you in 2022, I would practice being led by the Spirit. Amen. These are weighty times. And we cannot, I know Dr. Frame, sorry, he'd never want me to say these words, but we cannot afford to not be led. It's not safe out there to just wander through life making all your decisions with your head. Did you hear, Pastor? I'm a poet. I didn't know it. But it's, it's dangerous out there. But God's not moved by any of it. He's already plotted a path for your moms and your kids and husbands. He's, he's plotted a path for us. But we need to become more sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying in our spirits. Mm-hmm. And if He says, don't, I wouldn't go there if I were you, He'd try to keep you from one of those carjackings. Right. We're not supposed to end up in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. Like I said, before you have a medical procedure, just check. I'm not saying, God will tell you. He might say, I want you to have this procedure. I'm with you. I'm going to anoint those doctor's hands. You're going to come out of it. You'll be better than before. I'm going to accelerate your recovery. Do it. And you'll be able, you do that in faith. You heard from God. And you know what that's going to be like. Brother Stephen just did that last year. You didn't want to go through that, did you, Brother Stephen, with your heart? Amen. You want to just get it, you know, like we all do, gloriously, you know. God unclog your arteries and all that. But you prayed, you talked to God, you got godly counsel, you had the surgery. Look at you. There he is. Right? Dr. Jacob's mom had a knee replacement surgery. Remember he told you that story about his mama? He told her, well, Mama, don't do it because you just think you need to do it because you're a burden to us. Better hear from God about it. Well, she didn't hear from God about it. Had the knee replacement surgery and had a rupture and got septus and 48, 49 days on ICU and $650,000 and she never was conscious again and she passed away. Not a bad lady. She's a great lady, godly lady. Joyce is in heaven right now. But that's just an example. We have to be led about these things. Where are you going to put your money in 2022? God, God knows where the good places are. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you got those written down. You can go back and get the tape. I'm not going to go back and rehearse them with you. But if I were you in 2022, it's like my wife was led to saying, better lay aside the lesser things that you can pick up the greater things of faith and Christian service. Amen. And I'm believing for all of us that we're going to have a great, fruitful, blessed, abundant 2022. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand up on your feet today? Praise God.